The following is paid commercial programming. Third-party rankings are no guarantee of future investment success. Working with a highly rated advisor does not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a high level of performance. Investment performance is not an explicit criterion because clients' investment goals differ. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client. Generally, rankings are based on information prepared and submitted by the advisor. Statements saying that we told our clients to be out of the market in 2008 refer to recommendations made by MMWKM's principals while employed at Eagle Strategies LLC. The team that manages accounts at MMWKM are the same individuals with that responsibility at Eagle Strategies and at Cambridge Research from 2009 to 2011. MMWKM was created in 2011 and uses the same exit strategy. A more thorough disclosure of the criteria used in making these rankings is available by contacting MMWKM Advisors, LLC. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Money Matters. And here's your host, Ken Moray. We're in the money. We're in the money. We've got a lot of what it takes to get along. We are in the money, the skies are sunny, and old man recession, you are through, you have done us wrong. Well, hello, hello, hello everybody, and welcome back to Money Matters with Ken Morafe, and of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe, and this is the show where we talk about everything and anything in the world of retirement planning. We talk about the stock market, the bond market. We talk about social security. We talk about diversifying your portfolio. We talk about how to make your money last as long as you do. And that's because we want you to enjoy your second childhood without parental supervision, which is what we call your retirement. And we have a fantastic show lined up for you this week. But before we do that, let me introduce myself. I am Ken Morafe, the host of Money Matters with Ken Morafe. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. And of course, I am founder and senior retirement planner at Retirement Planners of America. I love it. I indeed do. And we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning, which means that uh, we work with people who are over 50, who are retired or retiring soon. And if that is you, then uh, you are one of the most wonderful people in the entire universe. You are about to embark, if you're getting ready to retire or you're early in it, on uh, a wonderful period of your life. And we want to facilitate your dreams. We want to help you to accomplish that. And everything we do is around making the proper decisions from Social Security all the way on to Medicare and your 401ks, all that stuff. That's what we do. Our website is rpoa.com, and you can find all kinds of resources on there. I also encourage you, uh, actually, I'm going to ask you to subscribe to this show. We podcast it. If you go on your devices, uh, regardless of your service, we should be able to be there. And uh, just find Money Matters with Ken Morafe and uh, subscribe, and you can have the show downloaded to your device and listen to it at your leisure. Okay? Um, <clears throat> so, and, and recently, not, not because I like to brag, but because it's just a statement of fact, and that is that uh, Barron's named moi, your faithful host, one of the top 100 financial advisors. Actually, they did so eight years in a row. Okay, so that's uh, even di didn't Phelps like, no, no, I'm not going to compare myself to an Olympic swimmer. But anyway, uh, yeah, eight years in a row, which is a total mind boggling event. But you know, without our beloved and most valued clients, we'd be nowhere. And yes, a big kiss their way. So, all you clients, we love you. We thank you. We're so appreciative. And again, our website is rpoa.com. Now, let me go over with you what we're going to talk about on this, our weekly exclusive excursion into the land of retirement planning. So first of all, 
Uh, we're going to talk about uh, a topic that is uh, repeatedly coming up um, and I think is uh, top of mind at this, at this juncture, uh, and that is inflation. And in my view, inflation is a dastardly, nefarious, inscrutable enemy, and if you don't defeat it, it will defeat you. And so we're going to talk about could inflation cause the next market crash? And uh, I think it could, and I think it's a matter of when, not if, and I'll go over all of that with you in our first segment. Now, also, um, we're going to talk debt, and I think debt is the Satan, the devil of your finances. I think debt is bad, and I know, you know, that uh, leverage creates wealth, and I get all of that, but I think that once you get over 50, uh, once you're approaching retirement or you're already retired— I think you need to look at debt very, very askance, to use a French word there. You know, you need to look at it sideways and kind of examine it carefully. So in our second segment, we're going to talk about how much debt should you have when you are retired, okay? Also this week, as we do every week, we're going to talk about maximizing your Social Security benefits. We want you to squeeze every drop of orange out of that Social Security. Uh, we want you to get all the nectar. We want you to get all the income, and uh, it is extremely complex in my view. And uh, we can help you with that if you're on the horns of making that decision. Uh, we'll talk about that in the third segment. Now, also this week, uh, you know, foundationally, our philosophy is uh, very conservative. And the reason why is because, as I said, we work with people that are over 50, retired, retiring soon. So if you're in that situation, if you're that demographic, then likely is you've been saving and funding your 401ks and you've been doing all that for the last 20 or 30 years. And now you want to retire and you want that money to support you for the rest of your life. Well, that's a completely different paradigm than when you were 25 or 30 or even 40 years old and you were building towards your retirement. You had you know, a bunch of years ahead of you. That situation ain't no more. <laughs> so at this point, I think you change how you look at the world and you become more defensive, more conservative. You want to preserve your money and get income as opposed to grow it, right? There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt. So we have an investment principle that says that growth is important, but protection is even more important. And so what I want to talk about with you this week is that is diversifying your portfolio enough to protect your retirement. And many of you think it is, and I'm going to tell you, I think that that is a dangerous assumption. And I want to go over that with you later on in the show and hopefully hopefully disavow you of that notion. I want you to take that, just wrap it all up into a ball and throw it in the trash because I don't think it's a good idea for you. All right. And, and you know what, Jack? Most shows would stop right there. Most shows would say, hey, if we did just that, we have done more than our listening audience could possibly want from a financial show. <laughs> Somebody stop me. <laughs> Don't you dare, dare stop me. Because on this show, do we go where people expect us to? No, we don't. We boldly go where no financial show has gone before. And therefore, at about 10 till, we will have our estate tip of the week. And that's the part of the show where we talk about how to pass on to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs the fruits of your labor. And that, of course, is called estate planning. And this week, we're going to talk about should you have a trust be the beneficiary of your retirement account. And I would say that in many cases, that's a really bad idea. So we'll talk about that at about 10 till. So I'm sure you're going to stay tuned for the entire program because you guys do that. And we I have a big show for you tonight. We do, Ed. A really big show. So uh, 
I, I can't wait to dive in, but I got to just uh, give you an update. Uh, for those of you who've been following the show and following me uh, over the last uh, year or two or three or four, I, I have people actually who've been listening to the show for over 20 years. I get emails periodically from people saying, you know, I love your show. Thank you for doing it and all of that. So for you longtime listeners, I appreciate you very much. You new ones, I got to warn you, this show's addictive. You may find yourself uh, having to listen to it every week. But um, if you've been following, then you know that I had rotator cuff sur- uh, surgery last October. Um, and so, you know, my doc told me it'd be about a year before I'd be playing tennis again. And uh, so I've actually started playing again. And uh, what's interesting, it's really funny. I thought that my shoulder would be the issue. It isn't. It's my wrist and my forearm. They've both atrophied so much from lack of use. My shoulder is actually fine. <laughs> it's really strange. But when I hit a forehand or a backhand, it's my wrist that hurts. Anyway, I'll work on that. It'll come back quickly, I hope, and I should be back playing soon. Um, let's talk about inflation. And as I said, inflation is a dastardly, nefarious, inscrutable enemy. And I think that if you don't defeat it, it could defeat you. And uh, so, you know, the big question is, with all the debt that we're running as a country, and we seem to just have, there seems to be no end in sight of how much debt we're going to pile on and pile on and pile on. It's like, oh my gosh, when does this end? And, you know, in my view, it doesn't end well if you keep doing this kind of stuff. And so could inflation cause the next market crash? Now, there, there's two parts of the inflationary cycle that I think are very interesting and that uh, I think you should incorporate into your strategic thinking when you're doing your investing, or better yet, let us do it for you. <laughs> Just a quick plug there in case. And by the way, in case you want us to maybe think about that, our website is rpoa.com. Okay, just saying. Now, if we look at the worst period of inflation in modern in the modern times that we've had in our country, it was in the early 80s. And you may re- those of you who have been around a while, you may remember when we had uh, CDs and money market funds paying, you know, 16% interest and mortgages were running around 18% a year uh, interest rates. I mean, it was just a very, very high inflation. We had stagflation, the economy was on its back and all of that. That was a very bad period. But one of the things you can do is you can look at that and look at what happened and see if you can draw some conclusions and maybe some ideas on what to do next time. So at the beginning of the inflationary cycle, there is normally what we've seen, and it, this, this happened in other countries as well, is that there are, there's, there's a rise in the stock market in the beginning part. Now, why? Well, think about what's going on here with the pandemic. Okay, so we have this big disconnect between the supply of stuff and the demand. Demand is super high, supply is low. So what happened? Prices skyrocketed on lumber and copper and you name it, right? And so those companies that are selling that stuff, they're now selling something for you know $5 that they were selling for $2 before. So their profits go way up. And if their profits go up, then their stock price should go up too. So at the beginning part of the inflationary cycle, inflation essentially inflates profits, which inflates the stock market. However, the problem is that if it lasts for too long, what happens is that the consumer can't afford anything anymore. You know, the consumer starts saying, I'm, I'm, I, can't, I can't buy anything. And if that happens, then we have a recession. And when the recession comes, it can be particularly bad because it's a recession and inflation at the same time, which is called stagflation. And we had that back in, in, in the day. And that's extremely awful for the economy and for workers and therefore for the stock market. So the beginning part of the inflationary phase tends to be positive 
and, and the markets are going up, and then the second half of it is really bad. So our view is you need a strategy to stay in while the getting's good and getting out while the getting's bad, <laughs> or while the getting's good, I guess. Uh, and we have a strategy, it's called Invest and Protect, that is designed exactly to do that. And it helped us to stay in through the run from uh, 2003 all the way to 2007, and it told us to get out before the stock market crash of 2008. It helped us to stay in until uh, you know last year when the pandemic hit, and it told us to get out literally the day before the pandemic was announced and before the market took its real big fall last year. So our strategy is designed to protect you from big losses, if you're over 50, retired or retiring soon, I believe you should think about that. And so therefore, our website is rpoa.com. If you go there, we have seminars, we have uh, videos, podcasts, all kinds of information on how to build your retirement plan, and we, I think you'll benefit from it. So rpoa.com. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how much debt should you have when you are retired. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morife. And, you know, one of the things that uh, comes up periodically, which is kind of interesting, because I don't have any interest in doing that, uh, is to live abroad. Now, I've been fortunate. I've traveled all over the world. Uh, you know, I grew up in Europe, so I've, I've, done, I've seen a lot of the world. I've been very, very fortunate in that regard. And in my opinion, there is no better place to live than the United States. I'm sorry. You know, with all of our flaws and all our blemishes and everything else that we have, yeah, I think it's still better than anywhere else. But it doesn't mean I don't like to visit other places. <laughs> but I do occasionally have clients uh, say, you know, I'd like, I want to live abroad. You know, I, have, I remember years ago, there was a client who wanted to live in uh, Costa Rica. And uh, so it was a very interesting thought. And another one wanted to live in Belize, which is also kind of interesting, you know, if you like fishing, I guess, and, and all that. But uh, what, and, and, and in fact, because, you know, that is a question that gets asked, uh, Market Watch actually interviewed me uh, last week and uh, published our, our uh, thing. They, they put us on their website, which was nice. But basically, do you want to live abroad? And, and what should you think about? What should you do first? Okay, so we're going to talk about that now. So first of all, you know, you have to remember that when you go overseas, you're, you're, you probably will not be able to spend dollars. You're probably going to have to use the local currency, okay? So if you're going to live in Europe, it, may, it might be the euro. In England, it'd be the pound. You know, Japan, it'd be the yen or, or wherever you go to live. You're gonna, you're gonna, so, so one of the things you have to take into account is that there's going to be a difference in the exchange rate. Okay, and sometimes the dollar is stronger than that currency. Sometimes it's weaker, and so you know, depending depending on what's going on, the, your dollar could buy more of whatever it is you wanted to buy in that country or less. So one of the things you have to take into account is the volatility of the currency. Can you use dollars? The second thing that you need to think about, in my view, is where are you going to keep your money? Okay, are you going to transfer money in from the U.S. Are you, which sometimes takes time, uh, or should you have a local bank account, in which case you're going to transfer money into that? Will you have access to it? You know, I remember a few years ago when Greece was having their economic problems, they shut down all the banks, shut down all the ATM machines, and you literally had no access to money. So if you had decided you wanted to retire and live in Greece, guess what? You couldn't get to any money. <laughs> What? Do Bitcoin? Is that? <laughs> yeah, just do Bitcoin. It doesn't vary very much in price any day or, you know. So anyway, so um, th think about that. The other thing that you should be thinking about, in my opinion, is healthcare. 
you know, because um, the healthcare in our country, again, despite all that we say, is, in my view, the best healthcare system in the world. I know that people compare us to Sweden and other countries where, you know, supposedly it's better. I don't know. I think that our healthcare system is fantastic. And so, but, you know, in Costa Rica or Belize or some other places, it may not be quite as good. And if you are retired, I hate to break this to you, but you are of a certain age, and uh, you need to be thinking about, uh, you know, your health and what would happen in those regards. Uh, the other thing also that you need to think about is, and this one's kind of one that most people don't, because you've got this romantic picture in your brain that you're going to go live on the beach and you're going to be speaking Spanish or whatever it may be, and that is the distance between you and your family because you're going to want to see your family, your grandchildren, and uh, they may not be able to come to you, which means you're going to need to go to them. And if that's the case, you got to take into account that you're going to be traveling back and forth and all this kind of stuff. The other thing also, which goes to the romantic vision you have in your brain, and that is that maybe when you actually are there, it is not as romantic and wonderful as you thought. Okay? So, what we recommend to clients who think about this is that they do a dress rehearsal, okay? So, you know, I remember years ago there was a client, he wanted to sell his house and go move to Belize. That was where this all kind of started, maybe 10 years ago. And I was like, no, don't do that. Instead, go and rent a place down there for six months and see what it's like. See if you like it. You know, you have this vision of, you know, you're going to go fishing every day and you're going to have fun on the beach and this and that, but maybe it's not going to be quite what you want. Maybe after a week or two, you're going to be like, this is boring. I want to go back home. So, the, so we would recommend that you do a dress rehearsal. Before you jump in head first, rent the place in, in your preferred uh, foreign uh, uh, abode and uh, spend six months there and see what it's like. You may find that you enjoyed yourself, but nah, I don't want to live there. And if that's the case, then you save yourself a lot of uh, uh, change and upheaval and all that for nothing. I'm glad we had this talk. Yeah, and then you'll get a six-month vacation out of it, which isn't bad anyway, right? <laughs> so this article is on MarketWatch. You can go find it if you'd like, but uh, I just gave you the, the whole thing of it, so you don't need to. <laughs> so anyway, let's talk about we have a bunch of seminars that uh, I think would be of interest to you if you are over 50, if you are retired or retiring soon. So we have one, and they're, they're virtual, and so we have one that is on retirement planning and uh, strategies that you should uh, be thinking about in our view. So income tax planning, social security planning, um, where to get your income from when you are retired, how to calculate if you have enough to retire on. Uh, we talk about... Uh, all kinds of stuff, okay? There's, it's, it's chock full of information. And if you're over 50, I think you'll benefit from it. It's free. And you can go to our website. It's rpoa.com to sign up for that. Uh, we also have seminars on estate planning this next week that I think uh, would be of interest on Social Security. And so all of that is available to you at no charge. Now, also, uh, if you'd like, you can go a step further and you can click with uh, click on rather meet with an advisor. And if you do that, then we'll schedule a time to visit with you. And uh, we're kind of in this hybrid uh, period right now where we're mostly virtual, but we're starting to do face-to-face. -face. So whatever your preference is, we can see if we can work around that. But we'll visit with you. We'll help you to build your retirement uh, plan. If you are wanting to retire or you are there already, we'll help you with that. And if, we, and if we can help you, that's fantastic. And if not, that's fine too. Okay, either way, no charge, no 
obligation, and we will part friends. Oh, well, Dorothy, it is not because it is true. So go to our website. It's rpoa.com and take advantage of all of that. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about social security strategies for married couples. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayf. One of the things that is uh, very, very important to our clients is social security, and uh, it's probably the largest source of income for most of our clients. And so doing that right is not easy because it's extremely complicated. And so what I do in this segment every week is I talk about strategies to maximize Social Security. And you can help me out because I don't need to kind of make it up. I can have you your questions, and I can try to answer those on the air. And uh, therefore, um, I don't have to do any homework. So thank you. So here's the first question I have. And by the way, you can send your question in. It's, it's uh, Ken at rpoa.com, and I'll, uh, I'll see if I can answer your question. So question number one this week is, I am 66 years old. And uh, I claimed when I was 62. Uh, my wife is 64, and she has not yet claimed. So when she files for her benefit at age 66, will she get half of my current benefit, which is about 1900 or half of what I would have received when I was 66, which is about 2500 Well, the answer is that if she files for her spousal benefit, at age 66, she will receive 50% of what you would have gotten when you were 66 years old. So even though you started at 62, the, the spousal benefit is based on age 66, which is a 2,500. And potentially, she could get half of the 2,500, not half of what you're getting. <laughs> now, I'm not going to say this one very loudly, because I... But that's a loophole. It shouldn't happen that way. <laughs> but shh, don't tell anybody. All right, second question. I'm 75, and I started collecting when I was 65. My wife is 64, and she wants to start taking spousal benefits without affecting her delayed credits. Okay, so she wants to start collecting. Can she start taking her spousal benefit now and still get her credits until age 70, or does she have to wait until she's 66 to get her spousal benefit? The answer is she has to wait until she's 66. Okay, you cannot get you can't get it before you are 66, but then, yes, she could switch to age 70 after that. Now, keep in mind, Social Security is very, very complicated. It's, it's difficult. It's got all kinds of rules. And if you don't do it properly, you could leave tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table during the course of your lifetime. I don't want that for you. So go to our website, rpoa.com. We have all kinds of information on there about Social Security. In fact, we have a, a seminar coming up next week that you can attend. It's virtual, but you can attend it at no charge or obligation on uh, Social Security strategies. Also, you can click on Meet with an Advisor, and you can sit down with one of our retirement planners, and what they'll do is they'll build you a Social Security game plan, and we'll do it at no charge or obligation. Now, keep in mind, if we do that, we want to do it in the context of your entire financial picture because you can't make a plan in my view in for social security in a vacuum because we need to know what tax bracket you're in your ages your health what other monies you have when you're going to retire all that stuff comes into play to build in uh, the, the the social security plan and so we want to help you with all of that we want to do it for you no charge or obligation and if we can help you that is fantastic and if not that's fine too okay so our website is rpoa.com and regardless of what happens we will part friends 
I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. <laughs> it is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. So we'll look forward to doing that for you. And our website, again, is rpoa.com. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about, is invest and hope better than invest and protect? Guess what I think? Stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayf. And we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning. So what that means is that we work with the most wonderful fun, exciting people in the entire world. And those are people who are over 50, who are retired, retiring soon. And if that's you, yes, you are one of the most wonderful, exciting, and and cool people in the world, in my opinion. <laughs> but my opinion counts. So take it to the bank. Anyway, and uh, so because of that, um, our entire focus is on how do we preserve what you have? How do we give you income that will last for the rest of your life? How do we take into account all the rules and regulations like Medicare and Social Security and all that kind of stuff that you've probably never seen before because you were never retired before, right? All your life that you're building and growing and all that kind of stuff, you're not thinking about when and how you should take Social Security. You probably never even thought about leaving anything to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs, okay? So estate planning suddenly starts to come into the picture as well. And so all of that stuff is what we do. And uh, our firm uh, recently, uh, actually twice, Inc. 5000 named us one of the fastest, uh, five th uh, Inc. Magazine named as one of the 5,000 fastest growing companies in the United States. And uh, I believe it's because our philosophy of invest and protect, okay? Yes, we want to invest, but we want to protect what you have, uh, resonates with the people that we want to work with, which is you, right? People who are over 50 who are retired or retiring soon. And so our strategy says that, yes, we, growth is important, but protection of principle is even more important. Okay, because once you retire, you don't have your wages anymore. Now, you may work part-time or whatever, but in most cases, people don't want to go back to work. They want to live on their money, Social Security, a pension they may have, and maybe some other sources of income. But generally speaking, your investments are going to provide you with a, you know, a help with covering your cost of living. And protecting the nest egg, protecting the, the, the engine of that income, in our view, is a very, very important thing. And so our, we have a strategy, it's called invest and protect, which is different than, in, than buy and hold. So what buy and hold says is you buy a basket of high quality investments, um, you do your homework, you do a really good job of that, and then what you do is, you know, periodically you rebalance those to keep yourself in the risk profile that you want, and now your job is done. Well, the issue that we have with that is that that may be fine for a 30-year-old or a 40-year-old because you've got lots of time ahead of you before you retire, you know, hopefully. But for someone who's already retired, you know, whether you're a long-term investor or a short-term investor, in our view, is, is based on when are you going to access your money? When do you need it? So if you're 30 years old and you're planning for retirement when you're 60, you've got 30 years. You're a long-term investor. If you're within five years of retirement and now and, and you want to start drawing from your money in five years, you're a five-year investor. You're not a long-termer anymore. And if you are in, uh, <laughs> taking money from your, inve your investments to live on, then you're a short-term investor in our view. Okay. So depending on when you access the money in, uh, is how we define your long-term or your short-termness, etc. So buy and hold, essentially, in, in my view, is buy and hope. 
Okay, invest and hope. You're hoping that you don't get killed in the next market crash. You're hoping that it's going to come back after. And I've seen lots of articles and things that say you should never sell. The worst thing you can possibly do is sell because the market has always come back and it always will. Well, who says that? I mean, where's the law that says that? And how long will it take to come back? You know, last year was fast. It, it went way down. It went down over 40%, the, the S&P did. But then it came back very quickly. So that's kind of conditioned us to think that maybe, you know, these things are going to be short-lived. Don't kid yourself. You know, as a planner, I have to plan for the worst. So I have to look at Y2K. I have to look at 2008, which I think many of you listening went through. And I have to look at that and say, if my clients go through that, where potentially it's five years before it recovers, can they continue to live on their money after taking a 30 or 40% loss like many did in 2000 and in 2008? And in my view, in our, based on what we do with our clients, that is not something that is a good idea. Okay, So invest and hope, buy and hold, is you hope it's going to come back. You hope that it's going to be short-lived. There's a lot of hope in that, but there's no reality in hope. Hope is great. I believe in being hopeful. Okay, I'm a hopeful guy, but I also believe in being realistic. And so, therefore, we have a strategy that is invest and protect because when bad times come, we think it is incumbent upon us as your retirement planner to protect you from that. And our strategy said to sell in November of 2007. It said to stay out for all of 2008 during the credit crisis. It said to sell last year in the pandemic on March 10th. Our strategy said to sell. This was before the WHO even said we, have, we had a pandemic. Now, is our strategy perfect? No, it's not, okay? I will tell you that uh, in 2015, it said to sell, in 2010 as well. But our view is that if you sell, and it turns out to be, if, you know, that it wasn't uh, a huge market crash, protecting principal is still a good idea. You're not 30 years old anymore. And if you miss out on some returns because you, you got out and the market went up after that, as long as you have a buy strategy, which we do, if you, if you have that, then you get back in and you participate in what comes after that. In the meantime, you protected yourself. I, 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 I'm a, it, it's, it's important to me that people who are in that 10-year period within five years of retirement or five years after, that you change your mindset and you start thinking about damage to your money and, and how that could cripple your ability to stay retired or to retire in the first place and how important it is to protect what you have. You're a persistent cuss pilgrim. I am. And I said, by the way, it is, I believe it to be a noble purpose to help people to get through bad times as unscathed as possible. Okay, so if you're over 50, if you are retired or retiring soon, and you think this market hitting all-time highs is a little bit scary, and we're borrowing trillions of dollars as a country, and that's got you worried too, and we could have inflation and higher interest rates, and you're thinking, my gosh, we could have a big market crash, I would ask you, what are you doing about it? What strategy do you have to address that? Are you going to be an invest and just hope it doesn't hurt you? I don't think that's the way. I think you should have a realistic strategy in place, ready to be uh, put into action and, and to protect you. And if, you, if that resonates with you, then go to our website, rpoa.com. We have lots of videos and articles and podcasts about our strategy. But most importantly, you can attend one of our seminars. They're virtual. And uh, it's, uh, you can register, no charge or obligation, retirement planning strategies for you. And then also you can visit with one of our retirement planners, and they can help build a plan for you that includes our invest and protect strategy. So it's all there for you at rpoa.com. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have our estate tip of the week. And this week, we're going to talk about what is 
paid on death, which is an important estate planning vehicle that you might think about, but also is it better than a living trust? So we'll answer that burning question when we come back. So this is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayf. But anyway, we are back, and uh, this is the part of the show where we talk about how to pass on to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs the fruits of your labor. And uh, so, you know, and it's called estate planning. And uh, so for those of you who are considering, uh, you know, passing something on to the aforementioned Greedy Unwashed, this is the segment of the show for you. And we do uh, podcast this show and we segment it. So if you're interested in listening to all of the estate tips for the last three months or something like that, you can go and just click on those and just listen to the estate tip of the week. And you can just get a massive dose. You can, you can uh, binge listen. <laughs> you can binge listen the estate tip of the week. But this week, what we're going to talk about is what is paid on death and is it better than a living trust? Okay, and I know this is a question that's been burning you up. You've been staying up at night, not being able to sleep because you just want the answer to that. And I don't want that anymore for you. So, but before we do that, Jack, can you play it? I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care And though my pocket may be empty I'd be a millionaire And, of course, that is Tony Bennett with Rags to Riches. And, you know, the estate taxes and probate and all that kind of stuff, it's actually designed to do the exact opposite. It's designed to take you from riches to rags, and we do not want that to happen to you. So every week at this time, we have our estate tip of the week. All right, so let us, first of all, define paid on death. So paid on death is a... Essentially, it's a beneficiary designation that you can put on accounts that are not IRAs or are not your retirement plans, okay? And so what it does is it says, upon my death, pay it to this person. And so because non-IRA accounts don't have beneficiary designations at the company where you have your money unless you say so, and one of the things you could say is paid on death, and then it goes to who do you pay it to. Now, the thing about beneficiary designations that makes them important is that they cause the avoidance of probate. So once you've named a beneficiary, it goes directly to that beneficiary and, and it does not go through probate. So that, and in some cases, it does go through probate. So it, it depends. So pay, paid on death is the beneficiary designation form and it controls and it goes instead of your will to whatever you said. Okay, so whatever your will said, the paid on death supersedes that. Now, you can also do all of that by having a living trust. So there's, it, there are two different ways of accomplishing the same thing. So which one's better? Well, the issue with paid on death, the problem, there's several problems. One is that you could have creditors that your son or your daughter or whatever might be um, um, having to deal with. So if you have creditors, then the problem with the paid on death is that those creditors have a claim. So you may want to think about that. Also, if your beneficiary is disabled or is uh, on Social Security or something like that, uh, disability benefits, then you might make them become ineligible for those when it might be better to have them receive that money in a trust. Also, 
you know, unfortunately, uh, we talk with clients and, uh, and, and others and find out that their children or grandchildren are not very good with money. In fact, one of the first questions we ask when we meet a prospective client is, you know, are your kids good with money? And if they're not, then do you want to think about maybe creating a trust for them rather than having them get the money outright? So that's one other thing. Um, what happens if a beneficiary dies before you do? And for, that's not what we want, obviously. We want everybody, you know, I want to die before my kids do, but terrible things happen. So all those kind of things that could happen, a trust might be a better solution for you than an outright paid on death. Okay, so these are planning decisions. These are things that you need to talk through with somebody that has experience and knowledge in this area. And if you don't have that personally, then I would encourage you to go to our website. And it's rpoa.com. And as I said, we podcast this show. And by the way, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, and you can also subscribe to it through our website. You just uh, We have it all there set up for you. And you can get the show every week uh, delivered in podcast form to your device. And you can listen to it when you're working out, going for a walk, or whatever it is you do uh, in the course of your events. Um, but uh, all of that is available to you on our website. So it's rpoa.com. And uh, we'll, we'll look forward to helping you there. Now, I want to invite you to a we have seminars coming up next week that are, I think, fantastic. Uh, we have one on Social Security, another one on estate planning. We have one on uh, retirement planning strategies. So we have all of those things available to you. The retirement planning strategies one is uh, where we talk about how to determine if you have enough money to retire on, where to get your income from. We have strategies to reduce your income taxes. We have strategies to protect your money from bear markets. We have diversification numbers. We have all kinds of information. How much risk should you take? so that you can determine how you should be allocated and how you diversify. All that kind of stuff is at this seminar, and it's virtual. You can attend from the comfort of your home, and there's no charge or obligation. You simply need to go to rpoa.com and register for that, and we'll look forward to helping you if we can. I don't know how to say I thank you, except I thank you. Well, you are very welcome, Frankie. Now, also, if, uh, if you'd like to visit with one of our retirement planners, that's available to you as well. They are ready and able and willing and excited and anxious to help you to achieve your retirement goals. And uh, as you guys know, we consider your retirement your second childhood without parental supervision. Okay, we want you to go play and have fun and relax and enjoy. We want your money to last as long as you do, and we want you to have financial peace of mind. And if we can accomplish that, then we feel we've done a great thing, and you can talk with one of our retirement planners, and hopefully we can help you with that as well. So it's all at rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. All right, I can't believe it. Jack, the show's over already. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing it for you. We'll see you next week, same time, same channel. Bye-bye, everybody. Of course not. It's only the beginning. Information presented should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any of the securities mentioned. None of this show's content should be viewed as personalized investment advice. A professional advisor should be consulted before implementing any of the strategies presented. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk and therefore can be no assurance that any specific investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. The tax 
products and estate planning information offered on this program is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Sound effects or anecdotes should not be construed as an endorsement of Ken Murray or MMWKM Advisors, LLC. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.